Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold. As always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How are you doing this morning, Jay? Great, Michael. How are you? Good, good. So, good, good. last two weeks, because we were off a week, last two weeks there's been some interesting music business stories that have, that have hit. Um, two of them that I think would be fun to talk about. Sure. Um exclusives exclusives on at streaming services exclusives at digital services whether it's iTunes Apple Music Spotify um yeah i mean you know there there was there was a story that in, that dropped and then it turned out not to be the case but a couple weeks ago that Apple was going to buy somebody and they were buying it for all the exclusive artists and everything right. else and the, the cash money deal the, the cash money deal you know what's your feeling on and and then just this week Universal put out a memo top all the way yeah. top down saying we yep. will not do exclusive deals anymore. Right. And to a lot of people that might have just passed over that but that's kind of a big deal to make that statement. It's a I mean, huge what, deal. what what do you think of exclusive especially having you yeah. you've, you've come through the retail ranks starting at tower i mean sure i can see the benefit of why retailers want them but do you think exclusives in the long run work no i don't i think uh, i think something you posted last week michael about yeah they help in the short term they help with your market share they help you get your first week number which is very important to labels um, but in the long term, I haven't seen any data that shows that an exclusive will help you overall in the long term. I think, yeah, of course, retailers, you know, Target, Best Buy, you know, Amazon, and, and, and the DSPs too, you know, for streaming, whether it's Tidal, you know, or Apple Music or whatever. Yeah, they love these exclusives because they, then they can promote them and drive uh, more subscribers, drive people through their doors, that sort of thing. Um, but it's it's the bane of the existence of a lot of record company employees um, because of the fact that it, it hasn't really been proven to drive you know uh, incremental sales, and it just ends up pissing people off. If you're a fan, oh, I hate. I, I've talked about this for years as a fan. How I hate the you gotta you buy iTunes to get this one download, and then you go to Best Buy to get this additional track, and then you have to go to yeah. Walmart to get the bonus disc. Yeah, it's like who you're, wants you're, to do that? You're screwing me, the end consumer here. And that should be the number one concern, not you know your retail base. But I understand why it is. Retailers want what's called version parity, and what that means is if Amazon gets two bonus tracks, then you need to have two bonus tracks for Apple, and you need to have two. They don't have to be the same track, but that's version parity. What I think. Uh, Universal's uh, CEO uh, talked about this week is across the board eliminating um, these types of exclusives. And uh, kudos to him. And I, I think it's about time. And I think once some of the you know larger music companies start to do that, it'll have a, a trickle-down effect. But as you and I have discussed, the problem lies in that some of these retailers, especially on the physical side, they won't carry a record unless they get an exclusive, for one. And then for the marketing side, if you're a large player, you're not going to get behind and give 
all of the promotion, whether it's the Sunday circular, whether it's the mass emails, whether it's site placement, they're not going to give those things unless somebody's scratching their back, meaning giving them an exclusive or giving them you know, a window of exclusivity, whatever it is. And I think that type of marketing, it needs to end. I don't think that it helps anybody other than the retailer temporarily. Yeah, I think that kind of that type of marketing when it first appeared was exciting, was interesting, but I think it's become too commonplace that somebody sits back and goes, "Well, my marketing plan is going to totally rely on the fact that I get a window of exclusivity for the next week." You know, when you don't have anybody to compete against, it's kind of Okay, how are you going to fail then? You yeah. can't. You can't. Um, I also kind of question the, does this exclusivity, especially for streaming services, really bring in that many new subscribers to a streaming service? It's a great, great pitch for a TV commercial for a radio ad, hey, we've got the exclusive new release for so-and-so. It sounds mm-hmm. great. It's something you can talk about. But are you really generating that many new subscribers because right. of that? Right. You know, and secondarily, are they? Are you going to keep them? Are you going to keep them? So maybe somebody jumps over to get the Beyonce or a Drake record that's only available here. There are a segment of the population that may jump over and do that. But is it a long-term strategy? Do you, are these people going to stay there forever? My, my gut tells me no. It's a temporary fix. I, I think if if the fan is paying attention, they're probably out after the exclusivity is over. But I think what you know in in a, in a in a past life, I worked with subscription services big time in video. What you're counting on are people to forget they have a subscription. Yeah, it's that reoccurring billing, nine ninety nine yeah. a month. Nine ninety nine is a magic number. It's small enough that you do, it, the radar it, it doesn't bit. hurt. It's yeah. not a painful purchase. And when you scan your charge statement once a month, nine ninety nine doesn't jump out like holy crap. What's that ninety nine ninety nine purchase? And you just let it go. And or or you do know it. And you want to unsubscribe, but you just put it on your list. It's not super critical. I don't need to fix. A, I agree. I don't sure. need to fix a ten dollar a month purchase. I need to fix the sixty dollar a month purchase. Yeah. Subscription services count on that. They can get three months of additional revenue easily out of subscribers because they're just too lazy to pay attention that they're being billed every single month. Yeah. And and I and I bet that's what they're counting on. I think I think that's a big part of it. I also think that some people, because a lot of these streaming services, not all, but a lot of them have a freemium or a, a trial version, they can jump on, experience the new whatever record, and without making even a long term commitment, can you know pop right back off. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm I'm. I'm a fan that people that people the label is labels seem to be standing up and saying no more exclusives. I'm hoping the rest of the labels follow Universal and you know if if all of the labels stand up then the retailers basically lose their muscle. Yeah. You you can threaten us all you want but you're not going to get an exclusive from anybody 
and and now what? You're not going to sell any music? Well, you can't do that. So you yeah. got you're back to just stocking music, promoting it based on is it good music? How much is the label promoting this? What's happening tour wise? What what do you believe in it? You know, it's it's back to actually having to put together marketing plans and market it, not relying on, well, I got four tracks that nobody can get anywhere else. Right. You know, uh, no disrespect to people out there working at these companies, but an idiot could sell that. No, and that's the lazy way out, to be that's honest That's the lazy you, way out. You're these right. guys are looking. They have smaller staffs. Um, everybody's doing the job of two or three or four different people there. You know, they're trying to maintain the same level of revenue or at least kind of stop the hemorrhaging. And this is a quick fix. It's like, okay, I'll give so-and-so a window of exclusivity on this. I can hit my number. But I think those are less meaningful as we move into the streaming era. Back in the, the physical era, giving Target uh, an exclusive you know, may get you into the stores. It may get you a circular. It may get you, you know, check lane. You know, same with Walmart. And, and some of these things aren't the same anymore. Sure, you can still give those same companies a window of exclusivity. But as the, you know, as the business shifts from, you know, physical, digital, and now into the streaming side, I think that giving an exclusive to, say, Apple Music or Spotify, or Tidal, I think is becoming less and less uh, powerful, but and maybe even a little bit more harmful uh, in the long run. And I get it. If I was at one of those streaming services, I would want that window of exclusivity to differentiate me and to drive people over to my service. I get it. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, I, I just, don't think I, it's I think I, I, I think it's a very short-term fix to, to your problem. It's not in the long term going to sustain any sort of growth for you yeah because you pick the wrong exclusive and you're sitting on a bunch of dead stock because yeah your audience didn't like it you didn't market it right it bombed whatever um you know i think part of the other issue that that we're contending with is it used to be there was one exclusive there was the main release for the album and then so-and-so had this exclusive well as you talked about the way the retailers have been there can be six different exclusives. And as a consumer, talk about confusion. Let me just add one little anecdote. When you said there could be six, I actually worked one record where there were 12. I was going to say, I think back when I was doing um, John Mellencamp's website, I can't remember which album it was, I wanted to say, I think I counted at one time 13 different versions of the release of the new album yeah. 13 was that the hits package no i don't think it was a hits package but that was worldwide yeah. not just yeah. u.s but worldwide there were 13 different versions yeah. um you know as a consumer it's really hard for consumers to make a decision i mean it's just a natural fact you put you put six things in front of them and ask them to pick one there's an equally good chance they're going to walk away not picking anything because they can't decide. Yeah. If you want them to buy one thing, give them one thing to buy. Yeah, and make people, to your point earlier, make make people compete on creativity and marketing. 
um, you know, if you're a streaming service, compete with the other streaming services by making your user interface better or, you know, voice controlled or, you know, I'm just riffing, but, you know, differentiate yourself by being better. Uh, I just think it, again, it's a lazy way out. To or, just or, grab or, or come up with steps. new original content. I mean, one of the things that I, I've liked and Spotify hasn't done a lot of, but I've seen it, is, you know, the album will come out and the album will be available everywhere. But Spotify puts together a commentary track by track release. So for every track on the album, there's a commentary track. Think of your yeah. DVD, where the artist sits down and talks about that song. So you can listen to the whole album, and then you go through and listen to a whole commentary release. Yeah, create. I something love those. That create something different. Interesting and everybody like does that. those. Pandora does that. Slacker does that. And e and even Apple Music via Connect. I mean, you can do those kinds of things. But I think that comes from the label. Right. And, and, and getting that done. And I find those things to be very compelling. I love those things. I yeah. love those things more more than, oh, I've got one live bonus track on this service. It's like, please, I you know, a live track, you know, as a, as a fan, I've probably already owned that live track anyway. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm not I'm not a big fan of it. I'm glad to see that this exclusive stuff is is bubbling up and might be. Yeah. And kudos to Lucian Grange from Universal. Stepping up and saying, uh, no more of this. That, that's a bold move, you know. Um, and, and I, in, the I'm, short I'm term, in the short term, it could probably hurt them. But I think in the long term, if they stick to their guns and the rest of the industry gets behind it, we go back to a level playing field. Yeah, I, I hope that's what happens. I mean, if you look at Apple Music lately, you know, they've had... Um, you know, Drake, Katy Perry, and there's going to be a, a Britney Spears coming out pretty soon that they've got an exclusive on. Um, and, and Spotify definitely have, have had their share and certainly Tidal um, has had their share. Um, I feel like it may be good for them, um, but I, I think it's kind of penny wise and pound foolish. It's good for the short term. Let me, let me throw a little loop at this, and I think we may have discussed this in passing in a past episode but if if somebody like apple wants an exclusive and keeps going after exclusives from all these artists why doesn't apple turn into a record label and just sign the artist well that's what everybody thought was going to happen with that cash money deal last week when they saw the picture of the ceo with the apple employee and they said they tweeted something about uh some kind of partnership and everybody just immediately thought oh boy here it goes they're they're buying cash money and then all this stuff's going to come just through Apple. And, of course, we found out later it was just a deal for a documentary. But, yeah, you and I have talked about that. I mean, Apple could do that. perfect sense. Apple, of, right? uh, if anybody can pull that off, uh, Amazon could. But Apple is really poised for it. They've got the deep, deep pockets that you need because yep. it's not cheap to sign artists. They've got the number one online retailer i mean itunes they've got customers credit cards they they control it all Globally. Um, they're, they're a marketing machine they would yeah. be well suited that you know i think when i first started thinking of this is when apple gave away the last u2 album it's like well wait a second that's basically what they just did is a record label mm -hmm. so why not go sign you to exclusively now you can do whatever you want you can choose not to release it anywhere else it's not a 
it's not offering exclusives. It's almost like reversing the whole process. It's like, no, nobody can buy it anywhere else because it's our artist. We own the artist. We're releasing it on our channel. This is it. I see that, but then I, I start thinking about is that – you know, is it going to come just through Apple and are they going to withhold it from other services? And if they do, then let's say Amazon starts signing artists and, you know, whoever, then you have to go to, it's almost like the early days of uh, download services, you know, when they had oh, yeah. press no, no, play. You, 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 know, as you a, can you only as, get we over as here a fan and Sony over have here. You to go right? to various places, but yeah. let's keep in mind, there's very few people that could pull off becoming a record label, I think. I mean, yeah. you, 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 you need an infrastructure, you need deep pockets, you need lots of employees. Apple, Amazon, I don't think Google could pull it off. I think Google, Google think, maybe. thinks that they, they, they think they, well, Google and Microsoft think they could. But well, I don't. They could certainly fund it. How they, successful is that? That, to be that, seen. that that's the other but thing. Like, but like you and I talked about, the survivors, I believe, in this space, um, going, you know, look forward a, a couple of years from now, you know, I think that you know the Spotify's of the world, Pandora's of the world, um, I think they're going to be bought up. I think that the people who are really in this long term, because there's not a lot of money to be made from streaming services. It's just the sad truth of it. But if it's not your primary business, like Amazon, like Apple, like Google, like Microsoft, some of those companies, I see them as maybe being in it a little bit you know, for the long term. They're highly funded. Um, I could see them pulling it off. I, they, they, they have the resources to do it. I just don't think Google has the mindset, the passion, the understanding to do it. I mean, Google tries to become everything to everybody and never really succeeds at any of it. I think you've got Apple who get it. I think Amazon gets it. Um, I'm just wondering if that's if if that discussion has been thrown around in those executive meetings there saying we should do this if something's come along that says you know we can't do it is there a legal obstruction that you you can't do it that it just seems like that's something where when you're so big you can just say yeah we're just going to become we're going to own all the music not just yeah. sell it we want to own it too yeah we're going to buy the catalog i mean what happens if apple were to buy universal I mean, think about that. Yeah. So another topic that just popped up the last couple of days, and we've speculated on this a lot, Amazon streaming service. Right. There's been rumors that Amazon's going to go full in and have their own streaming service. And there's, there's um, we're, we're both very open about being big fans of our, our Echo. Echo devices. Yeah. Um, and a story dropped that Amazon's streaming service is going to kind of have two different takes on it. There's going to be a traditional $10 a month streaming service like you could get anywhere, anybody. Yeah. But then there's going to be a $5 a month streaming service 
that requires you to use the Amazon Echo device. So you have to own an Echo, and it will only work. I, I, I don't know the exact detail. Some people have said it would only work through the Echo. Other people have said you have to buy an Echo to get the $5 a month subscription. Yeah, and then um, it would be available on mobile. And, and look, let's be straight up about this. Amazon has not confirmed or denied. So this is there was a big story on Recode and yep. a couple of other great sites that had some really good information. But let's just assume for a moment that where there's it is where, true. where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, you know there they've been they've been super successful. You know, um, they're they're hoping to sell you know three million of the Echoes uh, this year. And according to the article, another 10 million of it in 2017. I, I think that the Echo is a, a smash hit, and it's becoming mainstream now. Um, but I think that for, in order for it to be successful, it's got to be available on mobile. And I don't mean like the Amazon phone, but it's got to be available uh, mobily, maybe via you know, an app of some sort if you're a purchaser of the Echo, like you just mentioned. Um, but think about that for a second. Amazon's not afraid to lose money. Um, they they have done things to drive. Uh, they've given away albums, for example, that they paid full price for, and then either, you know, like the Lady Gaga. I think they sold it for maybe ninety nine cents, but they paid for those, and that was a lot of money that they lost. But they see it as money well spent to drive people to Prime Music. They're their big focus is Amazon Prime, right? So Prime Music right now, as a streaming service, you know, only has two, three million tracks versus the 30, 40 million tracks of some of its competitors. But it's the right tracks. And you and I have talked about that before. You don't necessarily need 30 million tracks if you have the right stuff. And they've got, you know, all the hits of the day. They've got the Beatles. You know, they've got those things. So it's a, even though it's a small group of songs, relatively, it's, it's still, you know, the right stuff. So the rumor is, is that they're going to move from that to a full-on subscription service that will compete with Spotify or Apple Music. And it would be $10 a month, like most of them are. And then, you know, if you have this Echo device, it's $5 a month. I mean, you talk about nine ninety nine not throwing a big red flag on your monthly statement. Five dollars, five bucks. You might even do that on top of another streaming service. You know, right now, if you, I got to, I can't say this too loud, or my echo will turn <laughs> on. But if you say, you know, Alexa, um, play the Beatles, you know, it plays music from Amazon Prime. But again, it's limited to those, you know, I don't know, two, three million tracks. If it was a full-on streaming service, and again, you and I have talked about how cool it would be for some of you know the Apple Musics and Spotify's and Slackers of the world to be voice activated, man, that that would be a huge jump ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let let let's let's look back at history for a moment. Um, Apple's huge success before the iPhone was the iPod, mm-hmm. and they were interested in selling iPods, and iTunes was the mechanism which sold iPods for them, hand yeah. over fist. Yeah, it it was all about the you know the low margin music or mm-hmm. no margin mm-hmm. was designed to force you to buy the very high margin piece of hardware. 
Yeah. And it was extremely successful. Now, not but remember many- the iPod came out first, and there was no iTunes. Right. You know that came out. I was using Music Match, I think, early on, and some of these other things. And you know, in the background, Steve Jobs was meeting with the you know the Jimmy Iveens of the world and the, the record companies, and striking a deal, saying, "Look, the reason people are pirating your music is there's no alternative. There's no legitimate alternative." Let's give them a legitimate alternative, right? All of a sudden, you've got this great, easy-to-use legitimate alternative. Mm-hmm. And again, the margins in music for Apple, even though they were selling boatloads of music, were not nearly as high. I mean, I think the margins on the iPods were probably like 40%. Or 30 to 40%. So 30 yeah. to 40% of the cost that you paid for an iPod was, was profit to Apple. That's a lot when you're buying yeah. a two, three, four hundred dollar device every year because you yeah. wanted the more capacity. So it that's an ideal um, world if you can create it as a business. You can give yeah. away something that's relatively cheap, but it drives the sales of something that's relatively expensive, high margin. Yeah. It's a dream world for anybody. And yeah. very few people are in that type of situation. Yeah. Um, I see what Amazon is doing here is maybe trying to put something similar together. We're gonna we're gonna take a loss and that five dollar subscription. But you have to spend one hundred eighty nine dollars in order yeah. to take advantage of that five dollar subscription. And what's the mar The margin is probably significantly better on that one hundred eighty nine dollar device, and we're we're looking what they've got released right now which is a, a very small product line three devices you know nothing mobile if this comes out and all of a sudden they're like okay you know may may who knows maybe i amazon says we've got an our own in dash version of echo you've got to pull out your car radio to put an echo in yeah. I'd be the first one to raise my hand and go, I'm going to at least look at that and consider that. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a part of Amazon Prime because I think Am- Amazon Prime is how they're dry. Or, you, know, you get the they, music they would, service as right. part of Prime. They right? want to they sell, sell Prime. They want to sell Echo, Echo. devices. Yeah. A $99 a year subscription. It's actually more than 99 now. I think it's 119 I think it, they raised the price about a year ago. Um. I love it. I think it's well worth it because you get sure. a whole bunch of other benefits beyond just music. But sure. that's what I think that's what Amazon's trying to do here and that's something that Spotify can't compete with and even Apple has lost that edge because they're just back to being music. I iPods are gone and you know my iPhone can play music from everybody's s- service now. So I don't need iTunes. Um, Let me make a prediction, though. I think that what's going to happen is I think Apple's kind of taken a little bit of a beating uh, with Siri and with comparing it to, you know, the Echo. They're very competitive. I I don't see them rolling over and just allowing somebody else to beat them. Are they going to move fast enough? That's the question. And I think that my prediction is that you're going to see – a serious upgrade with Siri and it'll come in increments because that's the way it works and soon and I'm guessing in the next 18 months we'll see 
there's going to be a serious competitor and you'll be able to voice activate just like you do with the Echo, you'll be able to do that with your iPad, your I, iPhone. I, I, I've, I've seen press releases that have shown Google's working on their own version of Echo. Samsung is. You know Apple is probably doing something, whether it's just turning Absolutely. the Apple TV yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, and I've also heard from people close to Apple that, yes, the, the new OS ten, which gets released at some point next month, within right. a few weeks, will have a significant upgrade to Siri. What that is, we don't know. We also know that Siri is being opened up, meaning third parties can now use sure. Siri because we've talked about how in the past or right now you can Closed. only you can only use Siri to control Apple products, Apple apps. Yeah. Um, you, you know, that's very limiting. I I, I would love to have, you know, if Siri works and it would control Spotify, I would love that. I would love it. Um, right. Problem is, will Amazon be able to figure out how to get Echo into that? Into you know, it's got to be mobile on, yeah. onto this device. How are they going to get Echo onto this device? Yeah, I think maybe through the Amazon app. You know, through the Kindle. Let's not forget that the Kindle, Kindle Fire. You know, even though their phone wasn't a smashing success. The Kindle is a their, home their run. Their tablets are in and Kindles. And millions yeah. of people have them. Um, that's another you know avenue that they have that Apple had when you when you talk about software and hardware. But but it goes back to how fast is Apple going to be able to move? They announced these Siri changes months ago. Yeah. It's not showing up until September. Uh, are are all the new bells and whistles going to be there with the September release, or is it just the release of the base code, and then it's going to take another six months for all the enhancements to really show up, the third-party yeah. support to show up? W you know, we're a society that doesn't like to wait. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that show that we do after the uh, iOS 10 launch with all of these upgrades oh, that'll be I'm, fun I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens with apple music yeah how big of a step is it how quickly can they move my gut tells me apple because of the fact that they're hardware and their software company and they've made things to you know on both sides i feel like they can move more quickly than most um so we'll see if i'm right i think they can the problem is, do they want to? You know, it seems like they, again, you announced something months ago, and it's six months later before it gets released. That's not moving fast. Yeah, it's six, almost like you should have waited for the announcement. Six, six months is forever. You've just shown your hand to everybody else, and in the meantime, you've got all these other people who are like, well, we're not interested in perfection. We just want to get it out to market, and we'll fix yeah. it after release. Yeah. Um, and that's know. kind of the Silicon Valley way is the iteration, that's right? It's version 1.0, 2.0. Facebook. Facebook doesn't sure. care if it's broken. Just get it out there and get it up and get it running and we'll deal and with it later. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that to me that's what I got. I need to see happen in this whole music space is there's got to yeah. be some faster movement, not, yeah, not waiting around. The, the one thing I would add about the Amazon thing that, you know, earlier in the year they started offering their prime video streaming 
as a standalone yep. option, which they'd never done before. I think they're going to do the same with the audio side. I think that it, it's going to be part of your prime subscription, and then it's also going to be offered as a you know a la carte kind of thing. And that's where I think you're going to see, look, uh, you know, you purchase an Echo, you get your music through Echo, then we're gonna we're gonna drive more sales to it by offering this five dollar or whatever it is. But I think it's a bold move, and you and I are both pretty big Echo fans. Um, I think the only glaring hole there is most people listen to their music now mobily. Yeah, and I, I, if, if I, it's not in the gym, if it's not in your I, car, I want to plug this in. That's right. To my dashboard, yeah. And control my Echo, yeah. On in my car, it's great. I can do it at home. And I can do it in my office, but those are stationary devices. Yeah. My my big downfall right now is I don't have I don't have anything that's a good voice controlled music app on my car. And and Siri just sucks. I don't know if you saw my post from a couple I days did. ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I have a little bit better luck than you do, but it, I it, so, sometimes I, totally I sometimes I have great luck with Siri and I would say it's a 50-50 shot whether Siri gets it or not. My Echo device is almost 100%. It may not find what I'm looking for, but it understands what I'm looking for. Yeah, I would say high 90s for me on on, on the Echo at, at understanding. Yeah. There are certain things that you ask that it it's, says like it can't find the information that, or and, look and, at and, your and, app and, 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 and the website. That's fine. I get that, but it understood. You know, My issue with Siri was I just... The example was I said, um, hey, Siri, play Voodoo X. And it came back and said, I'm sorry, I cannot find, well, what what did I post? Something, it was like sick, uh, it was a full sentence of, I can't find, um, who do Jesus Christ ask now? And I was just like, what? <laughs> literally, literally, it did have Jesus Christ ask now in it. I was just like, where did that even come from? Yeah. Or other times it finds a completely different artist of a different name and starts playing it. That's even worse. Now I've yeah. got to freaking stop it <laughs> from yeah. playing. It, it, Have you had the problem with, with your iPhone where you'll turn it off and it's off, off, and you'll walk in someplace to a meeting or something, and all of a sudden you can feel a vibration in your pocket or whatever, and it's playing a song? It just starts playing it out of nowhere. Have you ever, have you ever no. had that happen? My, my wife and I both have had that problem. We're like, I'll turn something off, and then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, it'll be playing again. It's just the weirdest thing. But yeah, I, I definitely am a big fan of the Echo, and, and I think that you know Siri does some pretty amazing things, and it definitely responds to my voice pretty well, but... You know, it's it's just not as advanced um, no. as as the Echo is yet, and my gut tells me that they're they're not going to take that lying down. No, no, but here's the, the thing: no, is Amazon's not, innovating as well. And, yeah, that's so, the whole point. While a Apple is innovating to, catch, to up. catch up, Amazon is innovating to keep moving forward. Yeah. So, and 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 I don't see Amazon sitting still with their Echo device. I think it's one of these things that we are just They know it's a, a hit. They're yeah. going to release something where we just go, "Holy crap, that's I didn't even think about being able to do that. That's just cool. That's just yeah. amazing." I mean, there's stuff like that that's going to 
it's going to happen. And that competition is healthy and good for the consumer. It's good for us, right? Because we're right. going to get better Apple products from it. We're going to get better Amazon products from it. And that's kind of to kind of go full circle. That's what I'd love to see on the streaming service side. Get away from the exclusives and let's let's roll up our sleeves and compete mm-hmm. on who's got the best curation. Make make an you know? a, make a really useful product in our day-to-day lives that you know again where do we all listen we all listen in the car you know hands-free is a big deal why are spotify apps hands-on and and hands-on to the point where you're like let me yeah it's tough it's impossible yeah and I, and I love what Rhapsody is doing with making an interface that's a little larger so when you have it in the stand in your car, you can hit a big, bold button. I think that's genius, but I think it's a stopgap. I think that what you just mentioned you know, with the voice activated, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Yep. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So that's it. You guys got comments on uh, online exclusives. Love to hear what you think. You got thoughts on this Amazon $5 Echo streaming service? Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.